This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Lesbian and Arrow Ace Solidarity is being shown a picture of a supposedly hot man and being like, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, but he looks like a rat. That's a rat. My name is Alex, or Volpez if you're cool. I use they they pronouns, and this is Stride with Pride. Welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you've had a fantastic however long it's been since you listened to the last episode. On this week's episode, we are going to talk about lesbian and arrow ace solidarity and why we share a lot more things than we usually realize and why we need to band together to fight off the evil that is compulsory heterosexuality. We shall prevail. But before I start off today, um, I will say that there is some historical content in this, um, which is cool. However, while I have done some of my own research, please go forth and do your own research, as this applies to all of my episodes. I should not be your only source. Go and do more research, because learning is cool and fun. And I am not a spokesperson for the entire queer community. This is just... A compilation of some of the things I've found and experienced. So don't take it as gospel. To start off with, we're going to talk about compulsory heterosexuality or comp het, what that is, and then start talking about why we are more similar than we usually think. So comp het, as I'm going to be referring to it as, is the idea that heterosexuality is compulsory in society. Um, and it affects everyone um, in society, but often overlaps with misogyny quite often. So talk about comp hit usually um, revolves around how it affects AFAB people, those assigned female at birth. Also, when I say lesbians here, I am in some parts talking about queer women in general, but um, I am talking about not being attracted to men in this as well. Um, because that is a common factor in both identities, not being romantically or sexually attracted to men. So it's often talked about in relation to AFAB people because the misogyny makes their sexuality and oftentimes identity and way they relate to the world um, have to focus on men. This is what society says, like your attraction and stuff must be focused around men. So compulsory heterosexuality. Also, like, so this is society assuming that, like, all AFAB people are female, which is not the case. But Compet says that AFAB people are supposed to do everything for men, but both of these identities aren't attracted to men sexually or romantically. So they're rebelling against this compulsory heterosexuality and so they both have this shared oppression that comes from 
when you rebel against societal norms that are super prevalent. And this is not to say that like other genres of LGBT are not oppressed. I'm just specifically focusing on this. Because according to heteronormative society, these people are broken for not fitting into compared norms and are shunned because of this. Also, like, our ace people are sometimes excluded from the community because we don't have a real oppression. That's just stupid. Um, and our community is not focused on oppression. But also we share a lot of similarities with the lesbians. And also we're like valid parts of the community. Like you're just you're you're just straight up wrong if you think otherwise. <laughs> so some of the shared experiences we have involve picking crushes. So this is common amongst a lot of the queer community, but you know, we share this with lesbians as well, having to pick men to have crushes on. Um and I am talking about a fair barrow ace people here as well. Um, having to uh, choose a man that you say that you're into um, because, you know, you, m- you must have a crush. And, like, I mean, obviously it's a dude, so, like, just pick one. Like, who, who is it? And then, you know, you feel pressured to do that, and so you do. Um, and then you convince yourself you do actually like them and might even have a relationship with them despite not actually being attracted to them or feeling like you have something towards them. You know, maybe it's just friendship, but it's not actually romantic or sexual attraction. But you don't realize that because, like, like, you're obviously hetero because you have to be. It's compulsory. We're both told that we'll eventually find a man and we'll eventually come to our senses and come out of this phase that... We don't want a man, and that, that we don't need that because it's not something we want. But you'll 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 grow out of that, or you know, it's this is just experimentation, you know, which it's not, or maybe it is. You know, you're allowed to have phases. Phases are not a bad thing. Fluidity, everything is fluid, and we know that more than anything. And it can be really hard for lesbians and ace people to recognize that they're not attracted to men because this attraction to men is just expected so you think that you automatically must have it and you just haven't found it yet and you will or maybe you do have it already but like you're actually just kidding yourself and maybe you do think you're genuinely attracted to whatever man you end up dating or maybe you force yourself to date someone to despite not being attracted to them to try and force yourself to change. And that's really hard, and it's it's almost societally expected. And both of our communities are often get invasive questions about our sex lives because it's just, ooh, so out of the hetero norm that you have to ask questions about it. And then obviously the people are going to be open to questions about it because, like, they're weird and I want to know about it, so they should tell me. No, it is not their right. It is it is not your right to know about their sex life. Not your right to know. It doesn't involve you. And people's discussions um, around their identities often focus on the sadness that they won't ever have a normal, in quotes, um, read, heteronormative, life. 
And in this case, they mean with a man. Like, oh, it's so sad that you can't have a normal life. We can have a perfectly happy life. It just won't be with a man that we're sexually or romantically attracted to. We both have to navigate the expectation that we need to have a husband or boyfriend to, I don't know, succeed in society. And like I mentioned in last episode, sometimes um, it is suggested that we can be cured or fixed of our sexuality or romantic orientation. And this usually implies sexual assault. Do I even need to say that that is absolutely disgusting and wrong? Um, I did that last episode. This is used for both of our communities. Something we, unfortunately, share. And all of this can lead, and does lead, to a lot of internalized hatred of the self because of all of this compulsory heterosexuality. People try to convince themselves that they like the boys because society says they're useless if they don't marry a man and have kids if they don't live up to these specific societal things. And it's something that's shared with both communities. We also share a lot of history movements as well. So there's something called the Golden Orchid Society. This is the history portion. So the Golden Orchid Society was a collection of Chinese organizations from 1644 to 1949-ish, and... The Golden Orchid Society created an order of women who stood in solidarity with other women against heterosexual marriages that were oppressive and often abusive. And lots of the women in this society were lesbian or bi or arrow ace. So rather than these really crappy <laughs> marriages with men, these women had options that the Golden Orchid Society provided. So the first option was to get married to another woman. And this wasn't always romantic or sexual. Um, though it was common for the women to be romantically or sexually attracted to each other. And they had similar courtship rituals that lots of heterosexual couples in China did at the time. Um, and so they could build these lives together um, and the Golden Orchid Society supported this and helped these women out. And so it was a real show of solidarity there. But they also provided another option for people who didn't want that. So when women in China were married, um, culturally they would have their hair combed differently um, to signal to society and any men interested in courting them that they weren't available. So it was a hairstyle to say, um, go away, I'm taken. And then there was a different hairstyle for, hey, I'm single. And so the Golden Orchid Society had a system set up for women who wanted to avoid both marriage options, didn't want anything, and didn't, didn't want any romantic or sexual partnership, and introduced something called self-combing women. Um, so these women would comb their hair into a married woman's style, and there was often like a ceremony to celebrate their decision similar to a marriage ceremony, which is so cool. It's, you know, I am self-married, and yes, I will have a wedding for myself. And they throw that wedding. That's oh, I, I think that's so cool. 
Um, and for asexual women who were romantically attracted to other women, um, their marriages could also be non-sexual, which was completely supported by the Golden Orchid Society. And so you can see here that there's like a like history of, you know, being with each other and supporting each other in these decisions and with our communities there. I mean, it, it wasn't all good because, um, you know, sometimes if the ace women in marriages with other women um, then did sexual stuff, um, there would be consequences from this society um, because they would be breaking their oath. Um, so it wasn't perfect. Didn't allow for fluidity there. Um, but it, it is definitely very good for all of the time that it was a thing. Like, it's super cool. And there was also the spinster movement, um, which uh, basically is just unmarried women um, who were living outside of what society expected of women. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's straight up just what lesbian and arrow ace AFAB people do. Sleep-deprived lesbian on Tumblr says, Hot take. Arrow Ace exclusionism is lesbophobic. The experiences of Arrow Ace women and lesbians are extremely similar, and to deny their oppression is also denying ours. Ours being lesbians. Not being attracted to the opposite gender, whether romantically, sexually, or both, is a traumatic thing to realise about yourself and experience, especially for women. Lesbians have the added oppression of being attracted to women, but that isn't the sole reason we're oppressed. And it's what makes our experience different from bisexual women. When you say you're not oppressed for not wanting to have sex, this is to our ace people, you're also saying lesbians aren't oppressed for not wanting to have sex with men. That comp here isn't real. All the time I spent terrified trying to convince myself that I liked boys because society tells women they're useless if they don't marry a man and have children. Not oppression, I guess. Our race women experience all of those things. It's just as traumatizing, even when you're not attracted to women. Simple Asexual on Tumblr says, The lesbian community was the first place I ran to when I considered never having a boyfriend. Lesbians gave me the strength and confidence I needed to accept I didn't like men. Without lesbians, I would have been lost and vulnerable for many more years. I spent a long time switching between I don't like men, I must be a lesbian, and I'm not disgusted by possibly having a husband or wife, I must be bisexual. I knew of asexuality, but at the time, asexuality felt like a punishment worse than death. Seeing so many willowoo, women-loving women, specifically lesbians, have such similar stories to me was the last push I needed to move on. Not liking men was okay. Having no preference was okay. Being asexual was okay. No matter how much people try to put us against each other, we'll always have more similarities than differences. Our history is forever linked. I'm eternally grateful for what lesbians have done for me. Snowfay on Tumblr says, When I knew that I didn't want a boyfriend... I wasn't ready to accept my attraction to women. I needed to feel okay with not experiencing the same attraction as my peers to fully come to terms with my love for women. And without the Arrow Ace community support, that would have been a much lengthier, complicated process. So we see that both of our communities have such 
rich ties because we both are able to understand and, you know, feel the same things. And both our communities say it's okay to not be attracted to men. And that is, that can be a really nice place of refuge for people who are questioning one or the other. And our arms are open. Our arms are wide open. You're allowed to not like men. That's okay. We're going to split up the episode here. Coming up, we have a new song by Jesse Page. Super, super queer. This is Fictional Character by Jesse Page.
hope you all enjoyed that wonderful new release song that is Fictional Character by Jesse Page. On with the episode. There is, however, some intercommunity fighting. And this often comes in the form of headcanons of characters. Um, often in pieces of media, there might be women or AFAB people who say, yeah, I'm not into men. No men for me. Don't want a boyfriend. Don't want a husband. Ain't about that life. And so, people in these communities can, you know, he can in them say, oh, doesn't like men. Great, she's a lesbian. Or, in the ARA's community, will be like, oh, that's one of us. Doesn't like, doesn't like men. Doesn't like anyone. Nice. And sometimes the communities get into fights about that. Saying, no, this, this character's a lesbian. No, well, no, no, actually, there are ways. And these T-cannons can exist side by side. Like, for example, Elsa. <laughs> a lot of people think Elsa is a lesbian. And that's great. And a lot of people think Elsa is Arrow Ace, which is also great. To be honest, I'm a fan of both. I, I, I say she's lesbian Arrow Ace. Like, has lesbian queer platonic attraction. Um, I mean, like, her and Honey Marin. QPR, right there. So, so there's always multiple ways to interpret a character, and sometimes it can be obvious that it's one, but sometimes it's not. But also, you know, I think you know if people's head cannons make them feel seen, um, I think that's okay, and you can disagree with it. Um, but their head cannon isn't necessarily wrong. And, like, if it's not hurting anyone, then, like, I don't know, let them have that. <laughs> we don't get much representation, so we take what we can get. And, you know, I think that's okay. <laughs> we share so much history and so much oppression and... Our communities are super interlinked for a lot of people. And I think it's important to remember that. And that, you know, we can we can all hold hands and sing kumbaya and build each other up instead of tearing each other down. Cause we share so much. So like, I don't know. Be nice to each other. Be kind. Um Y'all are cool. Just, like, don't be mean. Yeah. <laughs> For this week's creator spotlight, I am going to spotlight at Arrow and Aces on um, Instagram. Um, use this she, her pronouns. Um, and she has a bunch of comics um, exploring her asexuality and aromanticism. There's, like, so many... Um, in, in her highlights, so many arrow theories or arrow theories of characters and ace theories of characters and, um, also theories about characters that are or should have been in a queer platonic relationship. Like one of them is Bo and Glimmer and like, yeah, 
I agree. That is just my opinion. If you have a different opinion, you're completely valid. But she also has um, a couple series that I really, really enjoy. Um, And one of them recently started is A-Spec Archetypes, um, which is super, super cool. I really like it. But um, basically talking about um, various tropes that um, a lot of A-Spec individuals fit into um, and characters that are headcanoned as A-Spec fall into. Um, but there's also, um, talking about asexuals in fiction, um, I believe that was for Ace Awareness Week. Um, but there's also um, a spec in mythology stuff, um, and that is focusing on Athena as well. Um, so there's lots of beautiful content there. Um, but also, um, spotlighting the lovely Jessie Page, who was in this episode before with their new song, um, fictional character. Um, it's super gay and women. Um, so there's content for the lesbians too. Um, I don't think Jesse Page specifically identifies as a lesbian, um, but is gay women, women, gay, gay women. Um, <laughs> so there's content for both genres of people that we're talking about today. <laughs> but I hope you have enjoyed um, oh, hearing about this. I don't know how informative it was. I think it's probably a little bit informative for people who don't know, but for people who know, it's just like, yeah, 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 facts. Um, so I hope you had a good time listening anyway. And I hope you have a good day, afternoon or evening whenever you are listening to this. Remember that you are so, so loved and valued and valid as you are. And if you're taking time to figure out who you are, and if you're questioning, you're completely welcome to do that for as long as you need. And if you need to take shelter in various communities, take it. You're allowed to change your identity. You're allowed to change your label and how you identify, and you're completely valid in doing that. No one's going to be mad at you for doing that. If a label fits you at the time, then that is your label for the time. And if it changes, it changes. There's nothing wrong with that. You're completely valid in whatever stage of life you're in. And whatever stage of your queer life you're in. Also, like, go drink some water and have a snack. Do it. Do it. Drink some water and get a snack. Please? Please, pretty please? Thank you. Okay, great. (laughs) Don't forget to spread your joy, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.